Hello, my name is Marie. And I'm Brendan. And this is Kobayashi Marie, a podcast for the movie aisle looking at things Star Trek and specifically for this season, Picard. Brendan, Brendan. Yes. An Englishman, an Irishman and a Scotsman beam aboard a starship. Oh, (laughs) and what fabulous accents they have. Don't call me Lassie. Yes, yes. somewhere I read someone said a subtle nod towards the original series. Yes. Well, that's not so subtle, maybe. Right, before we go any further. Sorry. She didn't start singing I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen. Yet. Yet, yeah. Yes, it's okay. Spoilers, everybody, please don't listen until you've watched. Uh, episode eight, Broken Pieces. Yes. Which is interesting in many ways, but also because the title, the credits, which people might now skip credits or skip yes. intro, but does have pieces oh, falling it, into place, doesn't it? it so, does. And yet they yes. were not the pieces which are spoken about this week. Not the obvious ones, no. No, not, indeed. Not the five obvious ones. Five obvious pieces, yes, indeed. So... Uh, Brendan, Picard, Picard, Prezi. Okay, rich in content this week, I think. Uh, Okay, so back to form. I think, did we start 14 years ago on the planet of grief? Uh, I think it was, yeah. It was the, yeah. It's just last week's that was different, wasn't it? Yeah, so amongst a group of eight stars, 11 women, members of the Jacques Vache, and a mixture of Romulans and Vulcans, it seems. Surround. I mean, do you mean some of them Romulans, some of them Vulcans? Yes, I think so, yeah. Okay. Or do you think, yeah, I don't I, know. I didn't know because I'm finding it difficult now to, and yeah, that's all. No, I, don't, I don't mean to say they all look alike. That's a terrible thing to say. I didn't mean it like that, but I think they've been quite fluid with, I think so. with that identity um, this time around. So. I think so. Uh, as we'll so, find out later okay, on. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, and they were surrounding, see, I thought maybe this admonition. Yes. Uh, was the green bars. Um, so is that the admonition or is the the message itself the admonition? I took it to be the message was the admonition. Okay. So the Serac, yeah. She says that you put yourself up for admonition. That's, yes. So they're, anyway, they're, they're standing around something which yep. allows them access to the admonition. Yeah. Something like that. That was... Uh, all, oh, I don't know. It's all complicated. Left on the planet centuries ago yeah. uh, by we know not whom. Um, and interestingly, Commandant O, Nerissa and Ramda are amongst the 11 women on the planet. They are. And Commander O is of Commandant O, sorry, yeah. uh, is clearly the leader of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And quite like the way she was wandering around saying our foremothers came to this system. So it is all about the women, isn't it? Yeah. What's it happened to the men? True. No, there was no men. All the people around the the admonition bar um, were were women. They were, as far as we could see. Mm-hmm. They um, were. They were. Yeah. So men are very disposable in this series, I think. Well, you know. A vision of the future, perhaps. I'm saying nothing. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> this a vision of a synthophone, synthophobe past. Uh-huh. Um, I've got to say, I thought it was a prediction of future events, but is it is it past or future? Anyway, they're shown a vision. Yeah. And true to earlier suggestions, it's too much for some of them, and they blow and tear themselves apart. Quite horribly, yeah. So, so later, I guess, not giving too much away, they talk about this, about a vision of the past. But I thought in there, I saw 
like a fleeting image of the synth that began the disrupt sequence for Mars. And that one quickly changed into an image of data around the, you know, the eyes. Yeah, I saw, so, I definitely saw data in that. Yeah. So I guess that is the past, recent past, isn't it? It's our recent past, but they, if, if that was left thousands of years ago, it was a, at that time, it was the future. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. And, and didn't we talk about this before when Commandant O was with Agnes and put the, the, the images in her head? And we were talking then about if you could put future, future visions yeah. into a mind, mind meld and we, we weren't sure. Yeah. But I and think so we it, think it's, yeah, I think we think it's the past, don't we? Yes. Uh, and someone's obviously updating the past to include the very recent past. Oh, updating the admonition. Well, they must be. If it was left wow. there thousands of years ago and we can see the destruction of. Yes. Of, uh, oh. of Mars, uh, with data and the synths. Um, which is quite interesting, isn't it? It is. That can be updated. But then it, maybe it's, if it's not real and someone's using it for propaganda purposes. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Another pawn of the military. Indeed. Yes. So anyway, after this, they've all seen this, Rizzo seems to be the strongest. She simply looks saddened whilst all the others have <laughs> um, seen themselves off uh, in various forms, uh, tearing their skin, shooting themselves. Um, but it's clearly damaged Ramda as well. I think these are amongst the only two left. And Ramda Ramda. turns out to be Rizzo's aunt. Exactly. Yeah, Auntie Ramda. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Auntie Ramda, Auntie Rizzo, we've got um, Auntie Raffi's, wasn't it, last week? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> the three R's. Yeah, that's why I'm getting confused with the names. So, O takes charge again. They've got to begin their quest on the world of humans called Mars. And why do they, why does she say that? If they are all either Romulan or Vulcan, it's like going into a shop and saying, I have something that the French call pan. <laughs> why, what? <laughs> When you're in the middle of Manchester, so what, why would you call it in, in somebody else's language who isn't present? I don't know. I don't know. What was more interesting, I thought, was why they finished. When they pulled back, they revealed two planets, sun, stars yes, in the sky. Yes, they did. And then I was thinking, well, is that, hang on, two planets? Um, isn't that what everyone else is looking for? But should, But that can't be right, because then they would have known that, wouldn't they? As soon as... As soon as Soji gave away the fact that she came from a planet with two moons or two stars and uh, forever winter, uh, forever storms, they'd have known where it was. So there's probably nothing in that. But there was something, I don't know, just a hint of something in there with those two two planets in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. So that was was the first scene on the cube then. We cut to Rizzo talking to the comatose Ramda. Yeah. and we get a little bit of the backstory then that her parents died, which is why Ramda foolishly took her and Narek in. Um, so, you know, maybe your theory about them all being related uh, to Elnor could, could, be, could be coming true. So maybe not brothers, brothers and sisters, but cousins or something. Maybe, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but interestingly, the depth of her despair was what destroyed the Borg cube. Well, not the cube, the, um, the Borg Whatever it is they have. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. When the she's assimilated. Yeah. 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 How does that so, happen? 
I don't know. She was just so miserable. <laughs> That she, that even, be, <laughs> she drained all the life and love out of a Borg cube. Good God. Well, I think you would be, wouldn't you, if you'd been assimilated? It's probably a tipping point anyway, isn't it? And of course, <laughs> Larissa fabulously thought she'd make a much better Borg. Well, <laughs> she would, not she? Her anyway. And she would. <laughs> she would. Resistance is futile. Well, she'd she even try it out for size. She, she could, and it's not over yet. You never know what might happen. No, no. But then she does sort of look on Ramda with genuine kind of compassion and love, I think. So they were, I think they they showed another side to Larissa today with her aunt. Um, not today, whenever we watched it this week. Yeah. Uh, that we hadn't seen before. So, you know, she's been very one dimensional in the yes. past. Yeah. So there's something here. I think she's committed, uh, to a family, to her cause. Um, but of course, one of the portrayal we seem to get is the the consistency of her of her badness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she shouts for security to confirm that they found the freak. This time it's Elnor. Freak? He's not a freak. Yeah. Well, she called the others freaks as well, didn't she? I think. For, oh, did she? Oh, yeah. So it must be her word, I think. Oh, like the Motley Crew. Yeah. Freaks. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So they go and pick him up. He battles bravely, but just as the Romulans were winning, in comes Seven of Nine to finish the job. And then he kind of embraces her like a child, really. He's very pleased and to see her, and there's something very childlike about the way he reacts. He's like, just like a little kid in a big body. Yeah. And I didn't realise that before, and I think I've, that's what's becoming more obvious. And yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if maybe they didn't quite, that wasn't expressed clearly enough, but he is just genuinely quite naive and a, and a little kid. Yeah, I think he is. I think that is, I mean, that's then when you think back to the comments he's made. Yeah. yeah, I think that's exactly right. That naivety comes through. I, I think we did talk about that before. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was a, a nice little scene. But then maybe, maybe Seven now has another son. Oh, somebody else to look after. Yeah. She won't want that though. I don't think she will now. She has things no. to do. Yeah. She does. She does. Yeah. Annika still has work to do. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Uh, so meanwhile, on the ship. Rios now catches first sight of Soji. Mm-hmm. Transfixed. Takes a while for Picard's voice um, to penetrate. Um, that was a Picard's... weird one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, he's asking for a course to be laid for Deep Space 12. You'll know all about Deep Space 12, I imagine. Well, I'm guessing it's just like three more than Deep Space 9. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. That's what I got anyway. Yeah. The, ne- the nearest space station. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> um, so she's a bit annoyed, but Picard says, you know, he, he did say I'll take you home, but he can't win the battle on his own. So he's going to try and get Starfleet support. Yeah. Um, so he tries to guide her towards the cabin, but Rafi leaps in the way. I want to know more about Soji, uh, more than just this neuron, which has underpinned Picard's whole escapade. Oh, yeah, she's quite strict about that as well. Yeah, pulls a phaser on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at them, aims at them. Picard says she'll have to go through me first. But then she does tell us about um, Girati acting as a double agent, um, the tracking device so that Narek's been following them, and the fact that they think she killed Mad- Maddox. Maddox, yes. And just she might just as well have said, and Brendan, you were right all along. Exactly. Which is, <laughs> and, <laughs> well, there we are. There we are. That's not for me to say, but if. If Raffi thinks so, then I think so. <laughs> ah. 
so just to compound matters, the holodoc doc then explains the rationale and sequence of events. Uh, and it's all perfect. I told you so. <laughs> and uh, Raffi just keeps not trusting people that she's brought, that keep yeah. getting brought aboard the ship. And she's right not to. And yeah. everything she thought about what happened in the past is right. Yeah. So she's having a full two episodes of I told you so, so far. Which is absolutely <laughs> uh, and then we cut to Clancy. So yes. Picard's talking to Clancy, so she's back in it now. She is. Uh, they agree. Um, what do they agree? That he's been at least quixotic? Quixotic, that's a good Not necessarily word. paranoid and senile. <laughs> um, and he's arguing for a squadron. Um saying that she doesn't recognise the present danger. She's a waste of space, which I thought was an interesting choice of words. <laughs> yeah, this is an admiral, and he wants her on side, but no, she's a waste of space. <laughs> so anyway, she tells him to shut the fuck up, which is what she does, uh, and that she's sending a squadron to help him out anyway. And then I she mean, dematerialises and logs out. She does. I mean, he couldn't even get... She couldn't even get a word in. He, She's trying to agree with him, and he won't even let her agree with him at this point. So... Yeah. It was funny. I did like that clap of hands at the end. It was. It was great. He was gleeful, wasn't he? <laughs> it, was, it was full of glee. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I've never read uh, Don Quixote, Quixote. Or, yeah. Um, have you? I haven't, actually. No. So I don't know if there's something in this. You know, he talks about, well, he just continues the metaphor, doesn't he, with windmills becoming... Yeah. Actually, being giant, so what he was chasing wasn't unreal. After all, it turned out to be um, true um, in the big bag world out there. So I don't know if there's a few. I don't know if I knew more about it. Maybe there is some kind of quixotic narrative running through this as well. Um, um, yeah, maybe there is. I know. I really, I don't know. But I don't. I, I wouldn't pretend to know. Anything. Yeah. No. No. Mm. Yes. Now, we come into a very, very important and beautifully acted section. Uh-huh. Where Raffi pops up to the bridge and meets the Irish navigation holotech Enoch. Enoch, yeah. Um, the accent is faultless, I think. <laughs> uh, but she wants to know why Rios was rattled at seeing Soji on the ship. So yeah. can I just jump in here? Yes. And say, it seemed to me that she didn't realise straight away that it was a hologram. No, she didn't, did she? Why would she not know that? He's speaking in a different accent. His hair's different. I mean, it. And then they he mirrored exactly what she did at the very beginning. He turned round in unison. And turned back, and I think, can she? How can she not see that's not him? Yeah, yeah. I suppose it was a bit odd. I didn't particularly think about it at the time. Um, or maybe I did the first time I watched it. Second time, you kind of lose, actually, lose some of those bits, don't you? Oh right. Um, oh. But yeah, I just think, yeah, she should have known straight away. I would have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe this anyway. is about that ship. Well, we'll come on to that later on. All right. So <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on, but he thinks he should. Yes. And then on further interrogation, he, he calls her Jana. Jana? Jana? Jana. Jana, Jana. Jana, Jana. It's yeah. variations on the theme. And she just corrects him, you know, oh, no, Soji. And we move on, don't we? She moves on then to talking about this 
these eight circles. Um, but I think you mentioned last week, didn't you? The co- but yeah. So it was just something about there was a, a passing image of of these circles all joined together, and we didn't know what they were. But I did say I wondered if it was anything significant. Yeah. And it turns out it, we think it was this conclave of eight. That's right. Yeah, the octonary star system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Rafi then begins to think that this conclave of eight is actually the place yeah. um, where the demise. Um, the destruction of Mars is planned, not eight people, as she called them, mm. who, who planned it. Um, but whether it's real or not, um, Enoch doesn't know. Only apocryphal tales in ancient Romulan texts. Yeah, no one, he just can't, nobody can seem to remember exactly no. where that came about. No. Mm. No. But she's starting to inch towards um, some insight. Yes. Rafi here. Yes. And then we go to the cube. Mm -hmm. Um, So on the cube, Rizzo and Centurion. Yay! (laughs) Find the bodies left by Elnor Elnor and Seven. Yes. And with amazing deductive powers, because one was killed by a phaser, and the finding of a Fenris Rangers badge, she knows exactly who was responsible. Now, again... Here's something, a little detail, might be reading too much into it. Yes. The badge she picked up and went, oh, I should have known Fenris Rangers. Um, sounds like a third division football team. It does, doesn't it? Fenris <laughs> Rangers. Um, had um, a chain on it, so it looked a bit more like a dog tag. It was on mm. it and she picked it up. But when Seven handed her calling card to Jean-Luc, the other episode. Yeah. It didn't. It was just the just the little card itself. It had no chain attached to it. So either whoever dropped it carelessly in the Borg cube has attached a chain to it. Yeah. Or it's a second one. Yes. And we didn't know where it came from last week either. No, we didn't. So So, so there might be another Fenris Ranger on board or or Seven has been there before. Yeah, or she just hands them out willy-nilly and no one's as special as they think they are. Yeah, it's just a business card, isn't it? Well, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And it's all online now, so people just throw them away, you know, <laughs> recycle them uh, and expect to find them online if they need to. So, <laughs> you sound, you're speaking like a man who's done that before. Yeah, yeah. they're probably all <laughs> over the place. You can't move for um, Fenris Rangers calling cards all over the place. <laughs> Yeah. Ah. Oh dear. Uh, yes. So she she knows who she's looking for. Yes. And we cut to Seven and Elnor entering the Queen's Lair. Yeah. With her, with Seven asking Elnor questions that he must answer. Why didn't he go with Picard? Um, and Elnor asking Seven questions that she won't answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very busy. You know, we can either answer you or steal this cube. Now. I thought she said steal this cube first time I watched it. And second time I watched it, I thought she said seal. Seal. Oh, right. And I actually don't know because I heard it both ways on two separate occasions. Because Right. I don't know. I mean, either works. It's, yeah, I suppose it sort of does. Yeah. Seal so, might make more sense. No, I, now I'm thinking steel might make more sense. Oh, right. Okay. Huh. Anyway. Because once she did start fiddling with green things, 
yeah. when the, the cube sprang to life. It did. Um, it started to repair itself, didn't it? Almost yeah. seal itself on the outside. Yeah. So seal might be right, but either way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, however, down the corridor, uh, Rizzo's chatting to Centurion about how to rid the cube of the troublesome Borg. Um, and he hatches on this brilliant plan to jettison the dormants. Uh, while she works on exterminating the XBs. XBs, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get on with it. Get on with it. Uh, yeah. So Centurion is uh, doing himself a lot of favours here, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, so there's, there's badness and darkness happening on the cube as usual. Mm-hmm. On the ship, however, mm-hmm. Soji and Picard are brunching. <laughs> she, she, She's got egg and chips. He's got soup and sliced white bread. Do you think it's French onion soup? It could be, but you still wouldn't have that with a slice of mighty white, would you? Oh, was that what? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I've noticed the bread. Yeah. How would you expect a crusty cob or something? No, cut in triangles. <laughs> a small square. Four triangles or two triangles? Uh, two yeah. small slices. Yeah. Uh, I think three halves still left on the plate. One obviously already gone. Well, you you put it in the soup and then mash it up, don't you? I know, but you've got all of the galaxy, known and unknown, to replicate. <laughs> and he has soup and a sandwich. And he has egg and chips. Now egg and chips, I can kind no, of get. Egg and chips is great. I'm not. Egg no, egg don't knock egg and chips. No, it's one of the finest meals ever made. But <laughs> soup and limp white bread. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you're having a joke with us there. I was, too, I was too. I didn't notice the bread because I was watching them sitting across the table from each other, like Data and Picard, in the very first episode. Oh right, yes, yes. And also thinking that table is incredibly impractical because it's made out of that mesh. It's made out of metal. It's made out of metal. But it's it's dusty out of... and grey. <laughs> But if you, so it's got bubbles on it. So you put anything on it, your glasses. Like two fists, for example. Well, mm, Mm. that wasn't very good editing that bit. She didn't hit anywhere near that plate of chips. (laughs) But we're not there yet. (laughs) No. We're on different chips. These chips are the egg. We are. They're having a little conversation about how hard it is to be here and how Picard couldn't understand what she's going through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now he agrees, but tries to articulate her predicament nonetheless, and he's pretty good at it. Um, she feels as though everything she's been told and remembers happened to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, but he tries to reassure her. She does have a voice and a story waiting to be claimed, but she just can't put them together yet. Um, Broken pieces. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, she has to know more about Data. Uh, and interestingly, how Data might remember Picard. Or more precisely, how Picard might like to be remembered by Data. Um having established that Picard did love Data in his way. In his way, yeah. yeah. Well, he is uh, a bit emotionally restricted, isn't he? Yes, but, but um, self-aware, you know, he said there, what did he say, I wrote it down, their limited capacity for expressing emotion was a shared flaw. So I, I've written down, I've just, I tried to, to capture what he was saying. So he understood that, um, that he does have limits, as you say. Yeah. Uh, and he hoped that Data would remember him as someone who believed in him, believed in his potential, celebrated his successes and helped him if he needed help. And if he didn't, got out of his way. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair enough summary. I think so, yeah. And then she tells him, um, Soji tells him that Data did love him. 
Yeah, I'll show that. So is she, rem- is she remembering this? Oh, something. From the new... See, there's a bit of... Well, we've led to believe there's a bit of data in there. That's right. Um, so if, the, if that's true... That. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she does. Maybe she knows. Maybe she does know. Hmm. Yeah. I think about that. I just thought it was... She was... Or maybe she's just trying to make him feel good and she's... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. She's saying that because she thinks it's the, the right thing to say. Yeah. But yeah. she she does have, or expresses at least, emotions, doesn't she? She does, yeah, she yeah. does. So, yeah. yeah. Then, here we go. Right. The Scottish hollow engineer. <laughs> With a woolly hat. <laughs> yeah. Just in uh, case. Absolutely. And and the epithet lassie for good measure. Lassie, good grief. <laughs> yes. Um, oh. So we find, we find, we find Ian, we find Ian, yes, uh, with his wrench out somewhere under something, twisting something. Um, he also knew that the sight of Soji was bound to stir up unhappy memories. But when he checks his archive, he doesn't know why that's the case either. He didn't, Ken. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so they have a quick chat about the octonary, the chances of it occurring naturally. Uh, nil. Yeah. Uh, so why would you build one? And Rafi again reaching towards uh, the answers to some of these questions to show off or leave a warning. And what would you be trying to warn people about? Um, so anyway, both the Irish and Scottish holograms and her inability to make that last leap, driver to drink. Well, so attemptedly. <laughs> yeah, she goes back to her quarters, demands red wine. Uh, but can't have it because she's deactivated the booze function. Oh, um, and the override. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the override. And then with a complete disregard for personal space, uh, they talk about um, Rio's state of mind. Yeah, because um, I reckon no wine is definitely a hospitality emergency. Yes, I think so. I think so. Um, but he wasn't able to help out either. Because he didn't know either. No. Because nobody seems to know anything. He's a bit... He does invade personal space, doesn't he? He does, that one. very... A bit creepy. Yeah. Is Mr. Hospitality, yeah. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, But he has no idea what's going on. But but mentions that um, Rios is in need of a confidant right now. Um, Partly, I guess, because he didn't disable the booze function in his (laughs) Uh, and he's completely licked up and stuck into his reminiscence box. Yes. Um, <laughs> Raffi taps in to see if he wants some company. Uh, he says no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quite clearly. Uh, he's not interested. Um, and then he pulls a picture from his cigar box of memories. Uh, one of him and his former captain. Yeah. Uh, and then one that we can see from behind. Uh, is him and someone who clearly looks like Soji. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, how how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Uh. So we then start to join him in his uh, uncertainty about the new arrival on board. Yeah, that's right. You can see how he might feel a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, I think so, yeah. And his um, his room, I'm obviously that seems like that. You get to look around the furniture a little bit, and so there were loads and loads of mermaids. It's like everywhere he's gone on his holidays. Yeah. 
or buy these little silver spoons or symbols or what have you. Yeah. And, uh, and snow he buys snow clothes, <laughs> and uh, and he buys a statue of a mermaid or something yeah. like that. So he's yeah. got loads of them of the serenades all around the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also noticed a lot more existential literature on the shelves. Kierkegaard mm-hmm. and such. I know Camus was on the shelf. So he's obviously a bit um, the introverted existential angst kind of person is on display there. Mm-hmm. And his uniform that he took out of the box, fashion alert, yeah. uh, was the type where we first met Raffi with Picard 14 years ago. It was that design. Okay. So that um, era too. Yeah. As he took that out. And then I really liked when he opened his Cuban cigar box. Um, you could see his pips just on a little yeah. bit of metal there. Yeah. Just sitting there. I thought that was all quite nice. Just chucked in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. So we're getting a sense now of, of what this backstory is. Yeah. Um, and we leave the pair of them. And head back to Elnor and Seven. Well, in fact, we leave him because he's told her to piss off. And oh, yes, of course. Yeah, they're not <laughs> to piss yeah. That's right. Yes, we leave him. As this bottle uh, of Pisco Sours rolls towards the camera. Is that what it was? It's Pisco, whatever that is. Yeah, I don't know. Is that some kind of tequilos? I don't know. It was what Raffi told. It was what he told Raffi to do. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, dear. So anyway, Seven is working out what to do, uh, knowing that to reactivate the unreclaimed Borg um, would actually be futile, perhaps. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Strangely, uh, because they wouldn't be joined to the collective. Um, But we are wondering about that kind of spin-off series of an unconnected Borg constituted around this cube, perhaps going around the galaxy, just doing good. (laughs) Fixing stuff, you know. Um, It sounds like the Wombles or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is there a Borg? Uncle Borg area? Uncle no. Borg. Oh, dear me. <laughs> anyway, she's against, she's against this to take over their mind. Well, she's thinking about turning, taking over their mind and turning them against the Romulan troops. Elnor in his naivety is very pleased with this plan, I think. Do it, do it, do it. That's amazing. Do it, do yeah, it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but having thought of the plan... She then dashes him by saying, you know, I'm not going to do that. Invade their minds, suppress their identities, enslave them again. <laughs> uh, but he says you can release them. Release them after we win. Once we've won, you can do whatever you want. So he's, having, he's having a brilliant time. Um, but then, but, she says two things. They might not want to be released. Mm-hmm. And she might not be able to trust herself to want to release them. Oh, because there is that kind of... They did talk in previous series about the feeling of emptiness when they are released from the collective, then they're on their own. And the emptiness of not being part of the collective is unbearable for a lot of them. And so then if they go back into it and then they get kicked out again, yeah. that's probably why they wouldn't want that. Ooh, and how yeah. strong is Annika? Can she, could she, once she's had the power, give it up? Yeah, because she'd make a good queen bee, wouldn't she? Absolutely. Too right. Mm. Um, We might have to wait a few minutes to find out. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that was great. 
He was brilliant, clapping his hands together. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah. She, she's saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And for these reasons, young man. Um, so then we move from the darkness into the light again. Rafi has assembled a room full of Rios. <laughs> yes. A quintet of broken pieces. Wow. Now, I, I do wonder what the collective noun is for these. A bouquet. Do you think? Of Rios's. No. You see, I'm thinking a beard of Rios's. It's difficult to say. Yes, there's got to be a fleet of them. Uh, Somebody will come up with something a lot more intelligent than that. Um, But. A a a Rios's, Rios's garden. I never promised you a Rios garden. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Let's quit while we're ahead. I might go for a. A bouquet. I'll stick with a bouquet. You're going to stick with a bouquet. Okay. Well, there are five of them anyway. Uh, a quintet of broken rioses to get to the bottom of his self-isolation. Yes. Um, they finally, after a bit of to and fro and and um, simultaneous tapping on the side of their heads. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so to do with his time on his previous ship uh, and serving with Captain Alonso Vandermeer. But yeah. no one can just get to the bottom of it as all the records have been wiped. Yeah. So they can't access this information. They can't. So I love that Ian is sitting there with a screwdriver and a, a greasy rag all the time just to show that he's an engineer. He is. Um, but yes, they're all kind of... They can each remember a bit, but nobody can remember all of it. And then Emmett says, one of us knows. Which one? Then why doesn't one of them know? And here is my wild theory. You're not. No, you're not going to tell me. I am. You, are you? Are you really? There's a sixth one. There is a sixth one. Yeah. What if? Yes. Actual Rios. Yes. Who's pissed in his apartment. Yes. Is a hologram. I, I had no <laughs> idea you were going to say that until 10 seconds ago. <laughs> had to be quiet while you said it. I know, but why? One of the, so, was, the yeah. ships, the ship's logs have been classified or have been wiped or bits have been changed. Why? What happened? And, and, um, he, we know from Mr. Hospitality that when Rios came aboard, he scanned himself. And we don't know why, and he didn't change it, and then he deleted bits. Yeah. So, and he can't remember him. So, he's, has he deliberately deleted bits from his own mind? Because he can't remember. He can't remember that Picard was, was a Borg, and yet, and yet, the, I think it was the navigation one said to him, Oh, yeah, you remember, aren't you a bit starstruck? Picard, Picard was the Borg interlocutor, or whatever, Locutus of Borg, and, and, and he reminded him, that, and he'd forgotten. So there's something not right going on there. So I'm thinking the actual Rios, the original one, would be an amalgam of all of these broken pieces. Which one of those five reads the existential literature? I don't think any of them does. Well, he was. Well, no, the books have just been around, haven't they? So there's another one. Well, he was reading them when he was on the bridge and chatting to. Yes. Uh, Agnes, if you so, so some one of them, if they're all bits of him, one of them reads existential literature, but I can't imagine any of those reading the existential literature. No. So I think there's either another one, yeah, or 
There is a, there are actually six holograms. <sighs> or the six six holograms and a real Rios somewhere hiding out. Maybe because they've all all the, the names that we know. Oh, I've just thought of this one. The name. So like Ian is the em- emergency engineering hologram. Yeah. And then Enoch is the emergency navigational hologram. So they've kind yeah. of got. So if the emergency captain hologram is e- begins with a K, which is what Cristobal begins with. Mm. That might be stretching a bit far. Blimey. Anyway, I've pr- probably said enough on that now. Ha. Huh. Ha! <laughs> I love it. Right. Should we talk about Agnes? Well, I was going to say, well, we can't. Well, the one last thing was, well, can the holograms exist off the ship? Has Raffi only ever seen him on a ship? Because they've had a 20-year friendship, haven't they? Apart from in. All right. So we've, the only one we've ever seen off the ship has been the one that wore the green furry cape and the feather in his cap on yeah. Free Cloud. Yeah. But we know that emergency holograms can travel because the doctor in um, Voyager, they managed to adapt his matrix transmitter so that he could actually then get out of sickbay. Right. And did go down to a planet at one point because something happened like the entire crew was under some weird control of something and he being a hologram was the only person who was immune to it or something. Right. Um, so okay, so there it's is been something... done before, but yeah. again, it, or it might just be me on a total, you know, total wild conspiracy theory. Mm. Okay, let's, com- let's come back to that then. Let's come back to that then. Picard. Yes. At Jurati's bedside when she wakes yeah, up. Yeah, it's a bit creepy. Yeah. Tells her when they reach DS-12, she's going to hand herself in for the murder of Bruce Maddox. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a review here. Why would she have killed her mentor and lover? And Jurati explains, the Commandant O put viridium in her body, poison in her mind, and a psychic block to prevent her talking about it. Uh, and showed her all this horrific potential oh no the past wasn't it yeah thousands of centuries ago through a mind meld but yeah she still talked about it as what was going to happen yeah well she did but he asked her whether it was a a vision of the future or the past and she said it was thousands of centuries ago yeah that's right and yeah as you quite rightly say we saw data so yeah i i think i think we did yeah i'm sure we did uh but it's hubris like maddox's that word and his synthetic life, which led to such a, a destruction, and so he had to die. Uh, but did he? Did he? Oh. Really? <laughs> well, it depends. If it's the same, if it had the same effect on Agnes as it had on some of the Jad Vash. Yeah. Seeing that, she did pretty well not to tear her own face off. Well, all she did was throw up. I throw up a bit of sushi, and I mean, you know, you could do that any day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, she's maybe stronger than we think. Maybe she is. Or different than we think. Oh, <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> anyway, we're on a threshold, and if we don't act quickly, hell will come again. And this threshold, says Soji arriving in sick bar, sick bay, is the arrival of the destroyer. Me! Me. It's me. It's me. It's me. 
It's yeah. Is this the first time that Soji and Agnes have come face to face? Yes, I think so. Ah, I right. So. Yes. Um, hence the look on her face, I think. Hmm. Right. So we leave Picard and Jurati. Go back to Billy uh, Rios in his room, listening to Billy Holiday singing "In My Solitude." <laughs> on what? Uh, on what? Rafi refers to as his Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, well, I think it was a record player, was it? It was an actual vinyl record yeah, player, but I guess to someone in the 24th century, all technology of, of the 20th century would seem very much alike. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the sunglasses at one time. She was yeah. listening to that opera uh, oh, yeah. last week through AirPods. He's yes. got his record player. There's all sorts of little throwbacks, aren't there? That's right, yeah. Um, I'm not sure why, but uh, or the, why, why it's those, um, but there are. Mm-hmm. So anyway, a song about loneliness and a need for his lover to come back. And Anyway, Rafi arrives, replicates him a coffee and asks him about Van der Meer. Um, he says he thought of him as a father, but not as the cold-blooded murderer he turned out to be. Mm. And this section's intercut as as Picard see episodes do, yes. um, quite neatly with um, Jurati talking to Soji. So we get this little to-in and fro-in between them just to break up this dialogue. And Jurati's finding out then about how Soji works, how she feels. Does she sleep every night? She eats when she's hungry and she drinks when she's right. And moonshine don't kill her. She'll live till she's five. Oh, wow. That long. Yeah. Another two years. (laughs) Um, They discuss a constellation of birthmarks, misshaped toes. She's a technological masterpiece and a work of art. Um, But so she just wants to know if she's a person. She stands here talking to Agnes now, right here. Am I a person to you? And that's what Data asked. Exactly. In um, of Maddox and Picard, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That sense, <sighs> sense of consciousness. Indeed. Yes, and self-reflection. Wow. So, yeah, a, a neat little interchange. Um, and then back to R&R, Rios and Rafi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get the backstory now how Rios picked up two passengers whilst that is was this trouble. where yes he's on the Ib- Ibn Majid Ibn Majid yes yes uh, the ship uh, they pick up two passengers um, one was Jana and one was Beautiful Flower Beautiful Flower yes. yeah which does seem a strange I don't maybe it's not a strange name but maybe we don't know Beautiful. No. And Jana or however, yes. Like an orchid, for example. Yes, very likely, yeah. indeed. Uh, so they notified Starfleet with first contact. That's that Starfleet, that's like Starfleet, but with a different tune. <laughs> so Starfleet at first contact. Um, he said they sat down to eat, and two hours later, Vandermeer returns and just kills them both in cold blood, following a black flag directive from Starfleet security. Security, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who we now know is Commandant O. Indeed, yes. Um, so Rios tries to get some information out of Vandermeer, asking him what's going on. He said he was told that Starfleet would destroy their ship and all on it if he didn't 
dispatch the two new arrivals. Um, and as he kept pushing him on this, Vandermeer turned the phaser on himself. He says... And that's where his blood ended up all over the bulkhead walls. Yes. We, yeah. So this is when Rios then covered it up, jettisoning the bodies, deleting the flight log. And presumably feeling massively guilty as well. Do we think? Yes. The only, I guess the thing I'm sort of, okay, if, if we think about this now, it's only sort of dawning on me as we sit here. And there's a million reasons why this can't be the case. But none of these people had met Rios before, had they? Well, I'm sure, I suppose, I guess where I'm going with it is, is what if Rios is beautiful flower? Or what if, having destroyed everything, all the logs, no one really knew what happened. And all he's out there with is hologram <gasps> self. Is, is there something, I, I can't articulate that yet, because I'm already just playing with it now. But everything was destroyed, and then this new life started. Then he met Rafi, and, and he's out in space, and, you know, hiding out there in the darkness and the cold. So who 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 are these people? Who were well, they? No one's ever seen them, other I than one of them looked like Soji. We deliberately, yeah, and we deliberately don't know what Beautiful Flower looks like. No, we don't. Oh, so I've just had another thought, which I'm going to save oh. for a minute. <laughs> okay. Because you, cause something's going to come up later on. But right. yeah, why don't we see Beautiful Flower? And, and, oh. Flipping neck. Flipping neck, Brendan. Yeah. Starfleet dismissed him. He was left broken. He shows Rafi the picture. She realises the synths, and that's why they have to die. Mm. And Rafi wants to know who gave the order. But we know, really, don't we? Head of Starfleet security. But who gave it to her? Anyway, we... That's well, all who, who gave it to her? Cut to Agnes. Yeah. We <laughs> cut sharply to Soji, asking if O gave Jurati the order to kill her too. Um, and Soji says um, she would never give her the opportunity um, to do so but Jurati now that she's met her would never take it Um, strangely uh, given her lack of trust not the day before um, (laughs) she now seems to believe Agnes yes well but maybe she can sense these things she can look into her eyes as she did with Picard around the dinner table and sense whether she's telling the truth or whether she believes she's telling the truth they just seem a little inconsistent, but yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Agnes for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we have a little bit of speedy interchange. We do. Yeah, we drive ourselves forward. Back on the cube, Nerissa dispatches about a dozen XBs, breaking a borrowed weapon in the process. Um, and then we return to Elnor and Seven. Yeah. Seven notes all the life signs of the unreclaimed Borg that have been reignited are going out. So she sets about remedying the situation. Nerissa talks to Centurion, asking if he fears the Borg. <laughs> she says, you'd be a fool not to. be a fool not to, but there's worse to come, she says, if I fail in my work. And then we cut back to Seven, who straps herself in to become Queen Bee. Ooh. Which is great. The eyes darken, and we are... We are Borg. Uh, yeah. But that doesn't last long. As soon as they wake, <laughs> Nerissa catapults them into space. And, um. and that's the end of them. Yeah, 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 and it it was, gone. yeah, 
it was really chilling though and she just looked straight into the camera it was and i can't work out whether it was good that that was short-lived and just gave you a, a flash of what could be or whether we could have just had a bit more dark annika maybe we'll get more because now we know she can do it yeah maybe maybe it's uh yeah, maybe she can do it every now and again. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. So. Anyways. Right, we're back onto the ship. Soji and Girati now best of friends. It's the canteen. Uh, and then we get a little bit of a recap again. Girati explains she's done murdering people for now. And she'll turn herself over to the authorities once they reach Deep Space 12. And they all look concerned. Rio's asked if she's all right. And he goes to make a peppermint ice cream with French fries. Yeah. She'll love it. Yeah. Um, really? Well, they've met before. <laughs> uh, and we, Rafi goes through the Conclave of Eight, the Admonition, the Jad Vash and the Destroyer. We learn that Commander O is half Romulan and half Vulcan and planted in Starfleet. Worked her way up to a position of authority, authority, but all the while with one mandate to end the Federation's research into synthetic life forms. That's the, that's the playing the long game, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, that's 20 years are coming. Yeah. Uh, Rios tells the tale of Jana arriving on his ship, uh, and then everyone chips in to finish the story about how the Jadvac then found the planet that Maddox went to work on to continue to develop synth technology. Because of me, Soji says. And she breaks the flimsy dining room table and leaves abruptly. So did did we not establish quite early on that the Mad Docs is um, uh, synths are made in twos? Yeah. And so Jana is a third one, but looks exactly the same. Yeah. So are they in twos or are they in fours or what is the is the two thing incorrect or? What? I don't know. Maybe they are sort of made as twins. So Soji and uh, Daj. Daj may have been the pair that were made. Right. Um, but maybe they just all do look the same. Well, you see. No, in fact, carry on and I'll come back to this in a minute. Okay. We're inching closer to it. It's not a theory. It's just a, well, okay. carry on and we'll come back. Right. So they chase her down to the bridge. She set up a force field to keep the others out while she plots a call to a home planet by the Borg's transwarp conduit network. And then how does she know that? Uh, she doesn't know. Really. No, how she knows it. Yeah, exactly. There's a Hello. lot of that going on. This <laughs> there is. None of them know how they know things. In fact, she doesn't know how she knows things, whilst the holograms don't know why they don't know things. <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. It's uh, all broken pieces, isn't it? It is all broken pieces. Rios breaks down the force field by singing a lullaby that his mother used to sing to him. Yeah, it's an override uh, code, yeah. It is. Picard intervenes now, saying, look, give her a chance. We've done everyone's way except Soji's. Let her have her way. He jumps into the caption seat, fiddles a bit with green stuff again, and realises he doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> no. And in a way, I wonder if it's the first time he's sort of admitted that he doesn't know something. He's often asked for help, and oh, not help, opinions and alternatives. Yeah. But never perhaps looked so helpless. I don't know. Maybe he's had helpless moments, but um, 
I don't know, there's something about that when he just, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, he, he gave a good go at it first. I thought he was onto it. Yeah. And then yeah. it was just that last bit where it's mm, actually, yeah. no. Need someone else. Rios gives Soji a piece of her mind, his mind for trying to steal his ship. But then she, she plays the Jana card, take uh. for Jana's sake. Uh, and he sets a course with all relevant precautions taken. Yes. That's right. Um, and they're on the way. Then we nip back to the cube. Yeah. Nerissa and a centurion are chatting. He says the Romulan fleet have the coordinates of Soji's home planet. And all the Borg have been jettisoned and all the XBs have been rounded up. Uh, so all the Borg have been jettisoned. I'd missed that, but yeah. So there are yeah. no more Borg on that. I think yeah. that's the, yeah, that's the point, yeah. Right, yeah. okay. Borg have been yeah. jettisoned. XBs rounded up. Hair straighteners have been turned off. The plugs, no plugs are switched <laughs> on. They're, re- they're ready to go. They're ready to go. Um, and as they talk, the Centurion's taken out by a few... XBs that they've missed, obviously. They haven't been uh, rounded up, yeah. They turn on Nerissa, who once again just t- too easily just beams out of trouble. And do you know what? I'm watching her at the end thinking, the zombie zombie horde of XBs have got Nerissa. Hooray. Yeah. And it was only the second time watching it I saw her beam out. How did oh, she right. beam out? I don't know. Same way she, she beamed out when Elnor threw the dagger at her after she killed oh, you. Oh, that's right, yeah. So she's obviously got a way herself of materialising unless yeah. she's constantly being tracked. Mm. Well, she's a clever woman. She is, she is, but I don't know how she does that. Because even Picard and the rest of the crew have to wait to be beamed out. She just seems to be able to get out of there whenever she yeah. needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then back to Seven and Elnor, um, she tells him the fleet have left. So obviously Nerissa's got onto one of the ships. The fleet have left. Their work is done and the cube is theirs, I think she yeah. says. Yeah. Uh, but who are they since there are no Borg left? Does she just mean hers and Elnor's? Uh, either her and Elnor or there must be a few rogue XBs left, those zombie ones that were going for yeah. Nerissa. There will be a few XBs there. Yeah, but she's still connected at this point, isn't she? Uh, presumably, Rhonda is there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and, well, if she was well enough, she was going to travel, wasn't she? So they might have got her out of there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Whether, whether or not they would have killed Romulan XBs. Oh, that's true, yeah. Anyway, Elnor then asks if she's going to assimilate him. Oh, bless him. But he wasn't, he wasn't scared. I thought he was quite interested. There was something about the way he asked everything. Do you know what? I think he's sort of quite, I don't know, he's sort of up for it. <laughs> Should we assimilate me now? Should we do that? Um, but she oh. takes a step away and expels the Borg Queen jump leads. So I guess the answer is no. No. Annika still has work to do. Do you think that would, that few minutes as the Queen might have had any lasting effect on her? I can't imagine that it wouldn't. Yeah. If you think um, about how concerned they all are about revisiting the cube, and Picard mm. dabbled with it, really. Yeah. So to go back and then to plug yourself back in. Yeah. Uh, and I guess in that sense, not it is a collective, but then she was acting as queen, wasn't she? 
She was. She was telling them what to do, basically. Yeah. So I think there there must be a legacy of that. There yeah. Must be. There must be. Um, she was fighting to to regain her humanity a couple of weeks ago, and then she just gave it all up to to be the Borg Queen, which, yeah. Well, needs must. Indeed. Indeed. You know, what's the girl gonna do? <laughs> okay. And then we come towards the end on La Serena, Picard and Rios are chatting about the old days and how just sitting there on the bridge, Picard remembers how much he loved and loves the cold silence of space. <laughs> um, and that he knew Rios, knew of Rios's old captain, Van der Meer. He Not, did. Yeah. And um, that's because um, he mentions that Van der Meer was um, first officer to um, Marta Batanides. Yes. Pronounced beautifully with sp- in Spanish by Rios. Um, but she actually does appear in an episode of uh, Next Gen. All right. So she. So it's an episode where, um, and, and in that she's called Batanides. So not, yeah. not with Spanish pronunciation. Um, but they. It's a Q episode. So yeah. Picard puts Q put Picard is taken back by Q to a time when he had just graduated Starfleet Academy and Marta was a classmate of his and so they have this whole episode around that and might they have had a relationship but they didn't in one Q Q verse. Right. See what I mean? Um and it does talk about the reason why It is Q it is a Q universe, presumably. A Q universe, yes, yes of course. How silly of me. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> How stupid. Um <laughs> Yes. Uh, and then there's the bit about, so a little bit earlier on where Ke- he says to Kestra on planet Rios, Rios, uh, Riker Troy, Troy Riker, yeah. says, um, you're going to have to aim for my head because my heart's not real. Yeah. You get the little bit of a story about how Picard got his not real heart. Oh, right. In that episode. In that Q episode. And that's not fueling your Q suspicion, is it? In any no, way? actually, it isn't this time. I've kind of gone off the Q thing for the moment. Right. I shouldn't have said that out loud because now <laughs> next week it'll come back with a vengeance. Oh. But, but I was worried it was going to be Q and, and it's not gone that direction for me so far. So anyway, but Marta, uh, Marta Bapaninas does actually exist. Right. I thought you might want to know that. Yes. No, I did. I did. Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, not helpful in any way, but no. good to know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, our man, Vandermeer, a good yes. man, Alonzo Vandermeer, a good man. Um, and Rios is trying to play with the idea that he must have known the two people he dispatched were synthetics. Yeah. Otherwise, he couldn't have lived with himself. Yeah. But then, of course, he didn't, did he? Uh, he didn't, no. Uh, because they may be synths, but they eat and drink and sleep and all the rest of it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wouldn't want Vandermeer to die thinking he'd been betrayed by Starfleet, which Picard then, with immense emotional intelligence, tells him, well, of course, he was betrayed by Starfleet. Uh, we all have. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just a, a bit of home truth. Um yeah. It could have sidestepped the trap sent by the Romulans, but they gave way to fear. And then he begins on his little end of show speech. Um, well, you shouldn't fear. You could fear the past, but that's already written. Don't fear the future or the fabled destroyer because the, we have our destiny in our hands. 
led by a spirit of openness, optimism and curiosity. Mm. And yet all the Romulans have is fear and fear is the great destroyer. At which point Soji arrives. The destroyer there. appears. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she should have her own like little theme tune. She should, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then that would be a bit of a giveaway, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Although we did get the little Romulan thing when um, Narissa disappears off again. Well, we I tried, get... yeah, the theme tune. I thought that and I tried to find it and I couldn't. So no, I was, it was there, uh, yeah. It was certainly a hint of that. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they've reached the Borg network jumping off point and they leap into the abyss guided by a broken compass, another broken piece. Yes. Followed presumably by... Narek. Well, presume we didn't see him at all this week, yay. Um, but I'm guessing that's him. But it might not be. No. It could be, it could be Seven. It could be... We don't know who, do we? could be Laris and Jaban, what's his name? Jaban, yes. It could be them. It could be anybody. Because she's... Isn't she Jaban? She is. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Well, I'm quite looking forward to seeing her again if she turns up somewhere. That would be great if she did. Yeah, well, we've got to look into how this this series might end. We don't know whether he's going to be left out there somewhere um, or whether he's going to go home. For season two, yeah. Yeah. He could be left out there. And we got a little snippet of uh, the original series theme at the end there as they went through that eye thing. Oh, did we? Yeah. I missed it. I missed it. And you're usually good at that. Yeah. Oh, right. No, I didn't get that. So, and yeah. so. And so it continues. It continues, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go back to something you were talking about before. And yes. About this planet, about they've arrived at the planet now. And just to put these things out, these are not conspiracy theories. These are things that I think you might be, might remember. Because when they were talking about the going now to this planet, where the nest of synths is. Yeah. So I'm guessing we're going to get there. Are we going to see a planet full of sojis? So, you know, lots of pairs of sojis, but they're all, they all look the same. Mm. And so what do the men look like? Now, you've put the idea in my head that they might look like Rios. Yeah. Or do they look like Maddox? Or do they look like Data? Or do they look like Narek? Or do, oh. Ooh. No, I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> take that back. It's silly. So this reminded me of two different episodes of the original series. Yes. Did you think... So, there's one, which is, unfortunately, and I don't... Is that it's, it's I, Mud. Yeah. So Harcourt Fenton Mud has managed to populate a planet, an unnamed planet, and Soji's is unnamed as well. Mm-hmm. And he's populated it with androids. They all had then a number on a little chain around their necks that lit up. Yes. Yeah, don't, do you remember that? I do remember the episode, so, yeah. And they all had like 376. And, yeah. you know, and there was one man called Norman who turned out to be the control centre. And then in order to uh, break them, they had to feed illogical statements to Norman and eventually he cracked under the strain and his circuits blew and all the androids shut down and then they could escape. Right. Right, so At I'm which wondering... Mud's real wife appeared. Well, <laughs> yes, as a, yeah, but he'd made a, a an android of her as well. So, so, so is that comedy episode where you go to a planet and it's full of androids who all look the same? Well, that sounds like where we're heading it, with it lots looks, of sojis. Yeah. 
So yeah. there was that. And then the other one was called What Are Little Girls Made Of? And this is the one where they went to find Nurse Chapel's fiancé. And he'd gone to a planet and he'd created, he was creating androids. And he tried to create an android Kirk. So they put the empty Kirk on one turntable, half of the turntable, and the actual Kirk on the other half of the turntable. Yeah. And they spit around really quickly and transferred right, yeah. Kirk, Kirk thoughts into the android Kirk. And then they sent the android Kirk onto the ship to take over it. But Kirk implanted this half-breed comment and he spat it at Spock and Spock realised it wasn't the real Kirk. Right. So... I remember turntables, but I can't Yeah, remember. and then it turns out that Corby is an android all the time because he died. Anyway, so we've got two, there were two episodes there of the original series that both kind of revolve around, ah, sorry about that, but they revolve around um, a planet which some madman has gone to and created loads of androids. Now, I'm really hoping we're not going to get Harry Mudd again. I don't think they would revisit Mud, would they? It was annoyed when he turned up in Discovery, so don't need him in Picard. <laughs> but I'm wondering, if, but you know, you just think, well, all these creation of synths and this admonition, are they, you know, oh, I don't know. So the, I just thought of that and I thought I'd just mention it yeah. because if we get there and all we're looking at is Soji next episode because everybody looks like that, that's going to be a bit freaky. I know, it'd be like walking into a department store before they dress the window. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But but did you say maybe all the all the 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 male in inverted commas um, synths could look like data? Well, I don't know because um, if it was Sun and Maddox who were creating them, and Maddox was fascinated by data, wasn't he? Yeah. Wanted. So it would be a, da- a way to bring data back, wouldn't it? Yes, it, that's the thing. Um, that he's only been in those two little scenes at the beginning. Yeah. That then to have him back at the end. So the whole thing's actually been the search for data. As oh. Is that is that what it's be? Is that what it is? Oh wow. And this is he's implanted all of this so they can go and find him like on the same planet. Like a catra. This is oh. <laughs> Picard too. The search for data. Yeah. What do you think? Wow. Well, I'm not. That would be fine by me. You'd put Picard and Data back in for series two. Oh, wouldn't you love it? With Rios. With Rios and and Raffi uh, and Guinan. Right. There are rumours. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you see then. Yeah. See, see Raffi is the one who puts him in his place here. Yeah, I was going to say, Raffi plays the guy in part. Yeah. He may yeah. not be, have the same powers as such. But, or uh, the same wisdom, but... Yeah, but she plays the same... But she is wise and does yeah. does tell him what's what. Yeah. While drinking a whole load of Burgundy. Yeah, or not, because she's deactivated oh. the programme. <laughs> She'll have sorted that by next week. Right. Right. Well, she can hack an invitation to free clients. I'm sure she can yeah. hack burgundy for herself i think so yeah right so it could be a planet full of datas and sojis mm-hmm. rios is now a big a question mark next to him yeah um yeah i think there's something in not seeing beautiful flower yes i think that's deliberate because beautiful flower was the one that drew the picture of yeah uh, rios and 
Jana. Yeah. And you know who wanted, to, who thought himself as an artist, don't you? Well, you see, we started with a painting, didn't we? Yeah. We started with days yeah. of painting. Yes. Right. We're inching slowly like Raffi. Ooh. And I, I think she went quite quickly at one point. I think, how did you jump there that quickly? They've only got ten episodes. He's like, oh, does that mean oh, I've only got two left? <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, no. Yes. I didn't want to think that. Two hours, unless the last one's a, a double length for... Well, there is no fixed length, is there? They've jumped no. the forward, so maybe we get a bit extra, but still. A bit like these podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, like? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. As usual, absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, I think that's... Is that a hint? I think I think so. I think so. <laughs> Yes, even well, the dogs kept quiet for that length of time this week. Yeah, that's right. I'll go and get some food ready. I'm a bit hungry now. I've not got no burgundy in, but I might manage a gin and tonic somewhere along the line. And that'll take slightly longer than replicating it. But... No, unfortunately, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Well, thank you very much for your thoughts. It was nothing. It was virtually nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Let's see how close we were next week when we arrive on Soji's planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant. So I think we just finished by asking people to find us at Kobayashi Marie underscore on Twitter. Um, things at also at the movie dot com uh, and check out previous episodes of the podcast if you have enjoyed our stupid ramblings about nothing. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Brendan, remember, if you can't win... Change the conditions of the test. Correct. This has been Kobashi Marie, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>